0: Again, we uh welcome everybody and, and, and thank you for joining us in our in our webinar here. Uh now taking on a, a little bit more of an international uh uh flow of, uh, it's the first week. We- These people that bring a little bit of a perspective from abroad. We uh, right here uh, uh, who's uh, the international manager at Fleetwood Town FC, um, uh, now worldwide respected program and their approach.
1: I think
2: Manny's gone on uh, mute. Manny's gone on mute, yeah. Yeah, everybody. Did we? Maybe having some technical difficulties within there.
1: No problem. message
0: yeah i just did, I just did yeah that. cool sorry guys did i got me oh uh, no worries sorry about that guys so uh f- f- from that standpoint uh i don't know where i, I necessarily got cut off from but uh as as I was saying, it's a, it's an honor to have uh, James Ward here, uh, from from Fleetwood Town Football Club, uh an international partnership manager. Uh there's a unique approach and and and, and a fresh perspective uh, into youth development and, and you know, players making that jump uh, into that next level. Uh, as I was saying we were coach Julian, Coach Amrick, I know you're in uh, You've you, you developed a, a good relationship with, with James and, mm-hmm. and Fleetwood um, over the past couple of years. Uh, I had the opportunity to pop by uh, in, in, into the, uh, the camp last year, uh, yes. mostly by, by skills and drills, and uh, you know it was definitely you know, highly engaging and, and, and you know def- a good approach. And just just having somebody insight and having the opportunity to get filled in on it, you know, it was uh, it was. It was definitely a, a good concept. So if you can just introduce, you know, a little bit of that background, uh, with, with Sleetwood and, and just
2: Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Manny. Uh, as, as you said, I've got a bit of a personal relationship here with James that we crossed paths about two years ago now, James, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just in our, just in our dealings, we had a dinner while I was over there and, uh, kind of got the ball rolling and connected on a partnership because he was kind of explaining how the, the the global game and the reach for especially clubs that like the first division, second division has become just as apparent as it has at the the Premiership level, the Championship level, as it is in Spain and La Liga and Germany uh, in the Bundesliga, one two all the way down. Right, you can't you can't kind of just hone in on talent within a certain radius of your home base. So. Uh, I brought a group over from Canada um, and uh, James had run a training session with him great training session we kind of the synergy uh, between the two of us kind of clicked right off the bat and uh, and again it just got the ball rolling for this uh, this uh, relationship and partnership that we have uh, we did a, a camp like you said many uh, an ID camp for uh, Fleetwood town uh, last year in the summer uh, Knock on wood, hoping everything works out again. We plan to do it again this summer as well, but obviously everybody knows with the current COVID situation, uh, we're monitoring it closely, but, uh, uh, hopes to, hopes to get another one going again, uh, in the near future, uh, this summer to fall and, uh, continue this relationship. Uh, James, it's been great. And as uh, you've already had, uh, a player I personally sent over, uh, earlier in the year and a couple that were supposed to come again and, they will, they have just delayed their trip and uh, and you've, you've also had dab, uh, dabs in uh, the Canadian market so uh, if you can even just touch base on that, that'd be great.
3: Yeah, well, I've been doing my social role um, for, t- for ten years now at various football clubs so um, I'm very familiar with the, the Canadian football market, football itself over there, um, in the Toronto area especially. Um, however, we have ventured further afield than, than Toronto, we done lots of work in BC in and then over in New Brunswick, that, them sorts of ways. Um, but it's a lot of participating grassroots sport in in the north of America, you know, so there's, there's a huge pool of, of hungry, thirsty athletes who, who, are, who are wanting more, more than what more than what we're getting, um, and an experience and an exposure to a to a, a different style of, of, of play and a different culture and um, an experience of what it's like overseas, especially on, on the European continent. Um, so over the ten years, I've seen a huge sort of um, what what we're carrying in in. in, in Ability, really. Um, and I think one of the only questions later on is, is about that. And you know, I certainly put that down to the hunger first of the players. Um, but the coaching in, in in Canada's got an awful lot better, uh, an awful lot more structured over the last ten years, which is evident to see in the sort of type of the players that are being. Being developed and coming out of the out of the region, so um, it's a it's a real target area for, for ourselves as a, as a as a football club. Um, there's lots of hidden gems who are, who are yet to be untapped in the area. Um, so we, we want to we want to make our presence presence felt in in, in in that area, along with the the whole of Canada. But obviously, Toronto being the hotbed.
2: Yeah, no, no, uh, no doubt for sure um yeah it kind of you he can help I, I know you know one of our players actually from our academy uh uh we go we, he goes by Nai, uh andrew Nai, uh niren from our uh, aifc team um you can kind of explain how that and maybe even like how the international academy at would kind of operate
3: so um to put, put our international academy in a, in a nutshell um we an experience for players overseas to to come in and sample what it's like to train like a professional day in, day out, live, breathe, eat, sleep it. At our club accommodation, at our £10 million state-of-the-art training facility, um, being coached alongside our first team, 23s, 18s, and and, and then ourselves, being coached by pro-licensed coaches, such as Nathan Rooney who have been in the, the, the pro game at first-team management level them, themselves. And it's given these players the exposure and experience sort of, of what it's like to, to be in that regime every single day, um, taking themselves out of a comfort zone. They might be a big fish in, in the pond that they, where they come from, but coming into an environment where it's going to challenge them every single day um with fantastic facilities and support network around them with our staff to try and take them to the next level whether that's with us that's that's the end goal that's what we're we're all wanting we want the next Jamie Vardy he's our biggest success story um but if it's not with us then we'll try and help them in in a pathway with one of our partner clubs around the world or into an avenue where it might not be a a playing opportunity, We might, might want to go down the coaching avenue or the sports science avenue, but it's, it's finding a pathway in life, you know, the, the percentage of players that will make it to the very top level of the professional game, as you all well know, is extremely slim. We want to play a part in, 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 in developing these people, not footballers, people, uh, into, a, in, into a pathway that's, that keeps them within something they love we've all clearly got a passion for it making a big sacrifice and jump over the pond to come and come and train every single day and experience what it's like so we want to play a hand in, in, in where they end up in life and that's so important to us so you like to you like to issue come over and they'll tell you first hand of, of what it's what it's really like
2: yeah no no for sure and i know part of the other component like you said to not just make Footballers, but better people, better individuals and uh, better human beings. I know one of the other things that you got, which is unique uh, is the connection with Ross Hall, which is a, I guess, a, a private high school um, that, that works well with all international sort of curriculums and stuff like that as well. So that's another option that players explore.
3: Correct. Yeah, so we're, we're so blessed and very lucky having Rosswell on our on our doorstep. So Hall is uh, in the top five independent schools within the UK. Um, so players who are wanting that pathway into football, with the balance of parents still getting a high level education, it marries it marries beautifully. Players can study GCSEs, international baccalaureate. A-levels, B-tech, along with supplemented uh, language if they, needed, if they needed that as well. Um, so, it's um, we have a variety of choice of, of education and still get first-class training from ourselves every single day and, you know, we've had plenty of success
2: stories come out of, of that program alone itself this year. Wow, perfect, perfect. So, that kind of ties into my first question by, you know, utilizing uh, a school like Ross Hall and this international program, uh, generally regions, uh, of the globe are like kind of identified with a certain characteristic or a style of play, of, uh, you could say like the Dutch total football, the Spanish tiki taka style and stuff like that. So the large influx of like foreign talent, players and coaches kind of coming in to the Premier League has that led and that's led to drastic changes from what the game was in the, the eighties and nineties. Uh, I guess. Has that trickled in because FT, uh, Fleetwood Down, kind of competes in the first division, so you're looking at third tier, Uh you get the Premier League, the Championship, and then first division. Uh Has that kind of made an impact at that level as well in the game and below even second division, conference, third division, stuff like that? Well, yeah, certainly. As, I've noticed a drastic change, you know, take back 15 years. Probably about 18 years, maybe I was playing in the conference level of of the English tiers, the Southport
3: Football Club, and you know, that sort of level all the way up to League One was always stereo. As being kick and rush, get up to your big number nine as early as you can. forget in the field, and, and we'll and we'll go from there. Um, forward, fast forward, fast 15, 18 years. With
4: the influx of obviously foreign players, with the influx and in development of academies, um, the E Triple P coming in.
3: Uh, everything being standardised and, and, and really looked at in depth, then it's stripped down all the way from the Premier League. I'd say all the way down, so you know, your conference, your conference north level. When you really have to look at League One alone, you've got Sunderland, you've got Ipswich, you've got Portsmouth. You know, five years ago, six years ago, these were all teams that were in the Premier League, and sorry Premier League football teams. Uh, so the foreign influx is... is is influencing League One as well. You know, Look at Fleetwood Town, we've got Harry Suter, Australian international at centre half. We've got Glenn Whelan, who's only just retired from international football with, with the Republic of Ireland. You know, Ched Evans, Paddy Madden. We've got a number of international footballers within our club set up as well. There's um, the argument, does it hinder the opportunity for English homegrown players coming through. There's that argument certainly at the Premier League level, um, but when you look further down the field at League One, League Two, potentially Championship level, we're still getting a lot of homegrown players um, through into the first team setup, along with our international foreign players, which is a nice eclectic mix to, to have. Um, I watch, I watch, I watch every home game. You know, some of the football has been played. And, um, you know, your, your likes of Portsmouth, ourselves, Sweetwood Town, um, your likes of Oxford,
2: It played wonderful football, wonderful football. With, um, I guess uh, uh, that, that you get that the continental players and stuff like that, Asians making an influx, but I, I guess for us locally, I guess you could say Canadian and American uh, there's a lot of success stories of players from both countries now kind of making, uh, an impact at, uh, European clubs. Uh, our biggest one, uh, you got, uh, most recently Alfonso Davies, obviously at Bayern Munich. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously he's had a, a very illustrious career, uh, playing Champions League football at Fenerbahce and also in, the, uh, sorry, in, uh, in Turkey and then obviously Denmark and stuff like that prior to, um, uh, the Dagoons were brothers in Spain and Holland. Um, but now, is the perception of uh, at English clubs kind of changing uh, on what they think of like the Canadian and American players? And obviously having a second fold to that, is the, the FATIFA side of it, expanding out and looking for partnerships in North America for those types of players and how they see team and player development kind of occurring in those countries and regions.
3: We've always studied science. The, the American market, the Canadian market, has been athletes first and foremost. So that's that's been well known for 10-15 um, for years, you know, uh, you, you breed athletes. What, what's, been, what's been lacking we felt over the last 10-15 years is, is the, the athlete who's technically gifted but that alone not good enough. It's having that decision-making skill set um, as, as, as well. Um, so with the influx of better coaching in North America, um, club sides, private academies, getting better curriculums, educating a better player. We're finding that marriage between good decision makers, technical, and you've still got the athletic side that you, you, you're well you're well known for. So you marry all those together. That's something that's very intriguing. Obviously, not just for, for ourselves as Fleetwood Town, but yeah your bigger boys in the, in the Premier League, you know, your, your Chelsea, United, your cities are, are taking bigger interests in, in, in what's coming out of, of Canada, North America and in, in the whole. Um, so we'd be foolish not to be tapping into to looking for the next talent coming out of the those areas, especially when you've got, like I said, it's the most participated grassroots sport. There's, there's so many Hungry players that, that, that want that next step. It's um, it's a no-brainer, a no-brainer for us. Uh, so I think you know you're getting away from that athlete who just runs in straight lines, who who, who only thinks um, passing sideways and backwards. you sort of you're breaking down that curve now. Um, we're seeing a lot better
0: decision makers both on and off the ball, which is huge for us. Yeah, that's great insight into it. Um, you know, it's, we hear over and over again just from, from a, from a sporting standpoint, uh, you know, just the mental side of things, just the game understanding is, is, is just, is, is just really the next step, you know, and, uh, for us, we've seen a generation of players now that have, that have grown under, you know, certain elements that have really helped, you know, I, I like to call it, you know, the YouTube generation where, you know, you're, you're, you're now getting players that are, as, as young as you know nine and ten years old which which have a great deal of ball mastery you know and and uh, and also you know within that also comes structure you know they, they they see what training sessions look like on a bigger scale you know they come to respect you know the training ground and you know just what it's meant to be um, but it's it's just sort of that final polish now just to, to understand the game and and the mechanisms when it comes to you know being a good two-way player and i think is just a you know, the, the, the final uh, overall hurdle, you know, the, that I think that the North American, uh, you know, player needs to, to find. But it, it's good. You know, the, the, the progression is, has been great. And one of the interesting things that also stands out is we're starting to get a lot of players now from from Europe that are starting to come into, you know, the college systems. And obviously, you know, on this side of the pond, the college system is, is huge. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's an influx in, in just sort of that everyday you know, grind mentality that, that, that comes in, in, in Europe that sometimes also lacks, you know, within within, you know, North American atmospheres. Um one of one of uh one of our coaches, Coach Julian, uh who's here with us today, um, is definitely a versed uh, you know athlete and, and coach uh when it comes to you know the university avenue here. Uh was looking forward to joining us today. And I know Coach Jules has some questions for James as well. So I'll I'll leave it off of Coach Jules there.
5: Thanks, Manny. Uh, hi, James. Thank hey, you. Um, my first question um, has to do—it's more on the coaching side of things. I, I, I coached uh, youth soccer over in San Antonio before um, moving back to Canada and joining up with AI uh, with Manny and Hamrick. Um And one of the things I was a bit a big advocate for was the channels of communication between. Uh, coaches, parents, and players. So I think when that gets muddled, you know, whether you're a coach with the best intentions, I think everybody has their own view of, of how well they're doing as a, as a player. Parents have a view of how well their child's doing as a player and if those, you know, if things aren't set in stone, I guess, from day one, as far as what the pathway is or, or uh, you know, the, the ultimate goal for the athlete, then people just don't know what's going on. So <laughs> my first question is for you, you know how do you how do you go about defining your your playing philosophy and, and DNA for a new incoming player uh, in your academy? That's really clear and really
3: simple from the outset for us. Um, the induction pack gets sent out to the athlete and player prior to the coming, which outlines our playing philosophy, style, and DNA, which obviously the player and parent both get to see. So before they even touch. The feet down on UK, so they've got an expectation of what we're looking for, what we're after, um, both on and off the football pitch. Of course, off the football pitch is just as important on it. You know, how, they, how they're treating their lifestyle, what's expected to them in terms of discipline, getting getting themselves up in the morning, getting ready for transport into the training ground, and um, how they're preparing for the day ahead. Um, and then duration of when on the ground is, is our job to keep pathways clear with parents and players. So, um, we run four week cycles. So, every four week cycle, the player and the parent get given an overview of where they are over the four core model technically, tactically, um, athletically,
4: um, psychologically, and socially. And that goes to, to both parties. From there, an action plan is then developed, and ILPs are then developed individual
3: learning programs. So, they have Um, Key goals, uh, clear goals and objectives that we feel that we need to hit to try and get them up to the next level. Um, And again, that's that's clearly shared. We have a system called VO as well, which records every training session and every game, which the parents and players get a platform to to go on and watch. So there's no hiding place a player can't be going back to the pen and saying, well, I was the best player on the football pitch today because it's, it's, it, it's, it's there um, in, in black and white to, to see on the video footage if they, if they, were, if they had a stinker. Um, well, and, and vice versa, it gives us some accountability then because um, we, can't, we, we have to be crystal clear. Um, we've also invested in a piece of technology um, called Playmaker, which goes onto the boots. So we make it even more objective. that We know that the players pass completion off right foot left foot, we know the distance they're covering, we know the high intense sprints that they're doing um, and it breaks it down into position specific. So there's still going to be some slight grey areas that always will be because the game can't always be objective. There's some subjective points to it because everybody's got a different opinion. That's what makes the game so brilliant and beautiful. However, when it comes to dealing with, with parents and players, we try and make it as clear with those avenues as as we can.
5: Perfect. That, that's actually a, a perfect segue into my next uh, question. You know, We actually just got Playmaker as well, so we're, we're looking uh, into learning more about that and seeing how it can benefit our players. Um, but outside of objective measures, I think coaches also – subjectively there's some stuff that you have to be able to, to key on, key in on as well. Uh, in your, in your development pathway, I noticed you had three things that you mentioned. You, uh, you measure with the players as far as ability, athleticism, and attitude. I mean the first two you can objectively measure. Um, but the last one, which I think is a, is a huge component for all players is is attitude. So how do you make sure you bring in the right players, uh, with the, the, the attitude that you'd like in your program. And if the if their attitude is not up to par, you know what are some of the things that you do to kind of get them uh, on the right path? Well, our, our mantra, our sort of
3: strapline at, at the football club is to, if you want to develop a better player, we must educate and develop the, the person first. So we don't know what attitude these players are going to come in with. We, we, we see little snippets of them where we work with them on clinics and, and camps where we have been recommended to, to us from agents, and we've seen video footage of them. So, getting to know them personally, first and foremost, is so important for, for our staff. Um, getting to know about the family background, spending one on one time with, with the boys is so important. Um, and then we can gauge where we, where we lay and, and, and where we put our man management because my personal field and you ask any of the greats, you ask any good coach, man management's key, not every individual is the same so we need to know what makes these boys tick, You um, have an edge, how do we manage that edge but still keep that, that control. Um, and then we look for little things as well, you know, who's first on the training pitch? Who's out before practice? Who stays out of practice with the bag of balls? Who's asking for the bag of balls? Who's first on the bus in the morning? Who's never late? Who's never, you know, the things you can track? Who's never missed a session? You know, we, we obviously the registration's the, the old, old school famous one, isn't it? You know, why is he missing every Tuesday? What's going on on the Tuesdays? Is it because he's watching his favourite show on a Monday night and staying up late? So, uh, you know, the human approach before you even take a football is, is vitally important for us. Because um, ultimately, if these boys haven't got a good attitude and they haven't got the dedication and sacrifice, then they can be the best footballer that we see. But they're not going to pass into our first team because the gaffer um, is all about the human. It's all about the human. You have to be a good person to fit in with, with, with the first team. Um yeah. still a very grey area. It's, it's objective but we try and treat each individual as an individual. Um, and then you look for as a coach, like local coaches, do those little straights Like I said, who's who's staying behind after training? Who's the first on? Who's first on the bus? You know the, the, those little things. Who's asking the questions? Who really cares? Who's making the comments on the deal after after training? Who's and stuff? These are the these are the boys that that work. Sam. and listen, we want to help everybody. Of course, we do. But ultimately, um, the player has to help himself first and foremost. And I would be believe that. I was thinking you can go into into a dressing room. I you can go into a dressing room and without speaking to anybody, you can pick the two or three who've got the good attitude. Hmm
1: the future yeah the already
5: that's that's big. thank you um oh camera went off there there I am yeah no that that was great um i just one more just kind of a, a question came into my head when you were um explaining that last bit how when you do find those players i think it's big, you know, I personally tried when I coach, I don't like to, to micromanage. I think if you can get players within who spread that message without you even having to be there, it's huge. So how do you get those, you know, key behaviors that you want to see, like how do you make them contagious throughout the group?
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Julian. Being, having a group that's player driven, not, not coach driven is something special. And ultimately, I think it comes down to setting your standards and not waiting from your standards. Yes, you're going to have days where we fall out. Yes, we're going to have tears. Yes, we're going to have tantrums. But if you don't wait from your standards, ultimately, there's, there's there's one way to go. Hit the standards, and the better players with the better attitudes rise to their standards. And the players that are getting left behind, they soon switch on. Well, I've got to hit them standards, otherwise I'm going to get left behind with, 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 with the group. And then what, what, what brings is that player driven. I'm here to make you better. If you're better, you're making me better because I want your jersey. And all of a sudden you've got this beautiful mix where everybody's competing. And that's what we want ultimately, isn't it? We want competitive sessions. Um, you know, you don't want going through the mill sessions where players are just turning up for turning up sake. So you, you you want a bit of bite in your sessions. You want players, you know, giving out the odd in, but not taking it personal because they want the best for for the group. And then once you've got that, um, you're onto you're on to a winner. And with any bad egg, with any bad egg within the group, simple, you give them the warning, they fall in line. All we got we go. Um, a bad head can poison the boot very quickly, and we've seen it on our programme, I've seen it over the years, through my career, and I've learned the hard way, you know, and I guess a lot of coaches have. Might, the, the, the bad head might be the most talented player that you've got, sometimes they are, and you work with them of course, and you want to work with everybody, but when it, gets, it comes to a point where, um, if not, none of your approaches, work, the arm around the shoulder, the, the telling off, the letting him crack on. Then you have to let them go because ultimately nobody's bigger than the group that you've got if you want success and you want to
0: you want to develop your players. Within within the, the group, you know, development context, you know, there there there's it it's it's been such wonderful growth from, from the coaching realm of things. Uh, you know, ultimately I I, I find that when it comes to players and and, and taking onus to their own development, um, self you know self perspective is, is is something that I, I think I, I struggle in in finding within a lot of players. You know, players that are doing a lot of the right things, you know, show up, work hard, uh, you know, uh, say the right things, have have the right mindset, but just kind of not knowing where they they, they personally stand towards their dreams and, and, their, and their goals and. and Self perspective is 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 almost one of the main components in in becoming self sufficient. You know, to towards making that jump and towards making, uh, you, you know those those goals that 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 a player seeks. And you know, uh, with that said, again, getting to those levels as as much as we can input from a from an environment standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, it it, it really is a personal thing. You know, once once somebody you know knows you know where the where the weaknesses are, you know what they need to work on you know how to go about uh you know in, in improving those those deficiencies and turning them into assets you know you have a, a, a player that is now you know more functional as opposed to just making it but also you know a player that is you know going to be gaining that second and third contract right and and uh you know once you have that sort of self sufficient and and you know self perspective at a at a very high level it, it just it really makes the coaching you know, a, a a lot easier, you know, and and it's 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 really a, a good, you know, two way approach towards that. And, you know, just leading into some of that, uh, James, what are some of the success stories that stand out, you know, at your at your time in Fleetwood? And you don't necessarily need to be, you know, put up at a first team situation. Um, you know, as you said earlier, you know, these tools that you give players can, you know, lead them to, to be great professionals in all walks of life. So are there any moments or any, you know, players or any, any situations that stand out in your time there? Well, we've, been, we've been really blessed in such a, a
3: small space of time, you know, the, the program's only a year old in essence. Um, in terms of footballing successes, we signed Colin Marmot, a, a youth player from the United States of America, on a two-year scholarship, um, which was an awesome success story. Um, We've had a number of players going, playing with our under-18s, and under-23s, um, which is a huge success within itself. And then two players make the jump from there to sign professionally um, in Portugal with our, one of our partner clubs, which has been uh, an awesome achievement for, for those boys. And then at the younger levels with some of our players at Rossall. You know, we've got two young, got two boys—one from Pennsylvania and one from the Emirates, United our Emirates, from Dubai—who have both been in the 16s and 15s. You know, and, and on that journey, they played against the the likes of your Manchester Cities, your Liverpool's, your your Everton's. You know, these—that's dream come true stuff so for, for kids who, uh, six months ago, were playing grassroots football um, with the club sides back home. So. You know, we take great pride in, in being part of that. Um, and, and I have to stress, being part of that, it, it, we, we don't take credit for that. that that's, you know, we provide a, a, a tool in that particular time frame of their journey, um, but ultimately the boys have got the, the ability and drive and aptitude to do that themselves. And then we've had players come on who have, have, have not been up to the level to, to play professionally, because that'll happen. It'll happen more than we get success. So, you know, we've got a young boy from Australia who's, who's now doing his coaching qualifications over there he has got the book from first for the coaching, who's constantly on the phone asking for sessions and important. Again, that's just as good as for us as in signing a professional contract. It's still within the game. It's, it's unbelievable. We have one, one, one young boy from Australia, Doug, who's got into um, clothes design. He set up his own clothes design and business. You know, talented footballer, good footballer but not good enough unfortunately and now he's gone down that avenue but we've given him the confidence to, to look at life a different way and, 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 and that's something he already had a passion for as a, as a side hobby and we've given him the tools to go and you know, use your use enthusiasm that you've had for football and, and throw it all into to doing something like that so you know, if these boys find a career and uh, we've helped, helped them a couple of percent for sure, we um, take great pride in that. And obviously, like I said, the ultimate goal is to get him to play for Fleetwood Town, and I'm, I'm really confident that that will happen in the near future. We'll get one player all the way through to the first team level, but there's lots of successes we we judge along
0: the way, which is which is really you know, it's the, it's what what a job to have, eh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for just you summed it up right there. For some boys to be you know within a span of six months. Uh, now playing against you know top clubs in, in in the world, it it just shows you know the you know the the the, the dreams that are that surround you know football on a, on, a, on an everyday basis, and just just how much the sport uh, uh, can give you. You know, and it's it's great to see you know from 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 the outside of, of of football side of things, where you know players are given sort of that emotional, social, uh, mental backbone uh, to pursue other avenues of life and. One of uh, one of one of my players who were recently in Germany was noting to me that you know they 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 start you know their coach is very young. They have coaches that are teenagers that are coaching teenage you know high level A squads within their academy setup. So to see kids maintain uh, themselves in, in in the game, I think is definitely as a coach always uh, a, a good cherry on top uh, for us. Um, but you know on, on the other side of things. You know, this is a game where you have to, you know, be resilient to uh, to, to survive and, and, and to make it. And what are, what are some of the things that, you know, you would say from a player that's now gone into this, you know, situation where he's left from one soccer spectrum to another from North America, per se, um, to, to now F- FTFC. What what are some of the things that you, you find are constants that are, you know, could be some struggles um, in, that, in that adaptation, whether it's the playing style, whether it's off the field stuff. What are some of the things that are, you know, you, you pinpoint is to say, hey, that's that's an area that you know can really cause the fallback, um, or that you notice within players coming over? Yeah, well, we get a lot of talented players. You know, we get a lot of talented players who are technically very, very comfortable and
3: athletically um, up there with what we've what we've got. Ultimately, have to be better than what we've got you can't be as good as, you have to be better than than what we have and what we find that a lot of the players that come over are missing is that decision making at speed, Um, the English game is the quickest game out of, hands down, you know, know, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, yes they're quick, Um,
4: but the English game is ferocious, it's physical, its transitions are quicker, the decision making within those phases has to be super sharp and, and it's no disrespect to the boys and it's, n- it's no criticism
3: of the boys they've just not been in that environment at times which has allowed them to do it like i
4: said technically and athletically they're not far away from what we've got however
3: our boys have been in a system from under nines all the way through to under 18s under 23s day in day out um so they've, they've nurtured and, and learnt that skill set so coming into to that environment, it's so a wake up call for them. You know, it's like wow. Uh, so that's the that's the that's the biggest trait that we see with all players. Not 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 in not necessarily North America. From you know, we have players from all over the world. Uh, and that's the hardest thing for them to learn is to make the the right decision at the right moment with high pressure. Uh, There's very, very few
4: games that they they play within that uh, are low pressure games. Teams will pressure to death, they'll compete for everything, every second ball. You know, your touch limit, your time limit on the balls
3: is is, is a lot less than what you'd be getting back on. So, it's making those effective decisions, those intelligent decisions through the run of play. and I guess lastly to answer that question, a lot of players play, play a lot of North American players play within the safety zone, they're very statistic driven, so I've got a young player, a young Canadian player with us at the moment, um, who physically and technically, aesthetically, attitude, wow, lots of player! but everything's sideways and backwards, it's all safe, all really,
0: really safe. Um, but safe doesn't win your games. Safe doesn't mean you're effective in games. Um, so it's breaking that mould of, of actually putting your arm around the boy's shoulder and saying, listen, play forwards, be more, be more effective and be brave. And listen, if you lose the ball, okay, it's all right. We go again, learn, and we go again. So it's, trying, it's just that repetition of trying to break the mould. That's just one example. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I, I, it's it's definitely you know some something that uh, is, is second to none when you talk about you know the, the commitment on the ball and the commitment to sharpness uh, on on the two way fashion in in, in England. Uh, I would definitely agree with you that that it's it's second to none. And England over over the last you know few years has has started to see a lot of youth players you know from from the country um, expand to other other places. You know whether it's uh, you know from from in North America from the collegiate level we're starting to see players you know now enter MLS as well from from an earlier age um, I, I believe that I, I forget the, the gentleman's name but there was a, a highly touted 18 year old player um, that, that just signed over to, for Montreal impact out of, out of the Tottenham uh, set up and you know as, as you know the, the, the world of, of, of soccer expands a little uh, more and more for, for English players uh, every, every day. How does that reflect on your partnerships? Like, uh, do, do you guys are, are you guys known to to push players uh, outside of England as well? Uh, how, how does you know w- what constitutes uh, you know a player maybe not you know being good enough for, for, for the first team setup, but uh, you know being able to, to to manage you know as you said uh, a, a contract in Pro- Portugal or, or, or something like that.
3: Yeah, like I said before, yeah, it's, a, it's a brutal game, but the reality of it is that you have to be better than what we already have at, at any level, so regardless if you're under 14, under 15, or you're under 23 or team player, with the, the club, our club, any other club, they're not going to sign you if you're just as good. You have to be better, first and foremost. Um, We've had a number of players who, who have been on the cusp of of it, uh, but ultimately have, have not been quite there for us just yet. So this is where our partner schemes come in around the world. So we've got a couple of good clubs in in, in the likes of Portugal, Hungary, Iceland um, on the continent, which you know is is, is, is still a terrific um, pathway for players to go and sample professional football at a high standard. Um, and then we're open, open up to looking at the, the the American market with the likes of the CSL and the Canadian Premier League and the USL and MLS, and players who might want to to, to further their education if they don't quite make it and go into the go into the college system and have a fantastic recommendation from. Them. Professional football club, you know, when you're stacking up CDs and you you, you put the ones to the top who have that, that experience in, a, in that environment, so it stands them in really good stead if they, they want to do that. Um, and then we have our partner clubs within the UK as well, you know, the northwest of England is saturated with professional football clubs and very high standard semi professional football clubs. So um, if we feel that a player is not quite ready for, for that League One, Category 3 football at the moment, then we go down the road to to of clubs and say, listen, we highly recommend this player. Take a look. So There's, there's lots of avenues um, for, the, for the players if, if it's not for Fleetwood Town. Um, but again, I have to stress, we, do, we don't give any guarantees. When we can't, when from the moment of contact, we say to the players, we, there's no guarantees, we haven't got a crystal ball, we can't sit, we, I can't sit here and tell you now that you're going to be a professional footballer, whether that be at Fleetwood Town Football Club or, or elsewhere, um, it's highly competitive, very subjective, you need a little bit of lady luck and a lot of hard work, dedication and, and sacrifice, um, if you, you,
0: you throw all that into the mix and you, and, and you do get lucky then then it's fantastic, it's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, very, very insightful conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you with this question here uh, today. Uh, first team, uh, before the shutdown, uh, I know you say you watch all the games, currently in the top five, uh, about six or seven points off. Uh, do you think promotion uh, is, 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 a, is a possibility in the near future? Uh, I mean, to, to hit the championship would be absolutely massive for the club, I, I would imagine. Yeah, um, obviously with the COVID-19 virus, first and foremost, safety
3: and welfare is paramount to all. You know, prior to to the shutdown, however, we are two points off the automatic promotion places. Um, If we win our our game and um, one of the top two slip up, we're in the top two. Um, But you look all the way down to eighth or ninth, any, any one of those clubs could be in the uh, automatics or the playoff position, so it's superbly balanced and ultra-competitive. From our playing squad, the biggest thing that we had before it shut down was momentum. We were unbeaten in 15 games um, and we were, we were looking super solid. Um, you know, we've got a great spine to the team, fantastic goalkeeper in Cairns, you've got your big Harry Suit in there, you've got your wealth of experience with Coots mm-hmm. and Whelan who played Premier League, Championship level, international level. And then you've got goalscorers and Paddy Madden and Ched Evans who, you know, alone will get you 40 goals a season. So, we were feeling really confident at the bare, bare minimum that we would be in, in amongst the, the, the playoffs. And hopefully if everything gets back on track and, and, and we get back to it, then we can keep that momentum going um, with all other the automatic, of course, we would. Um, I believe, I'm sure if you ask the gaffer, he believes that we've got the playing squad to produce the goods for that. Um, but certainly the, the playoffs would, would be, be a bare minimum for us, as where we are at the moment. You know, we put ourselves into a wonderful position for that. And for a town of Fleetwoods and the chairman who's invested so much, not only his money, um, but his heart and soul and passion for the football club, building it, you know, seven promotions in 12 years, is it? It's a fairy tale story. It's, it's. You know, having players playing in front of 200, 300 fans earning £50 a week to what the Championship, which is the fourth most um, viewed league in European football, is, is, is a fairy tale. So, um, you know, we're a small family club, but the smallest club, 92 league football clubs, we're the smallest one in, in history to be within the leagues. So, we've got everything crossed.
4: We hope that we can keep keep the rich rain form when we get back to playing. Yeah, we're, we're confident.
0: Yeah, it would be a fantastic story. And, and you know, for, for us, it's, uh, it, it's great to get insight and just to, just to have a, a, you know, different perspective of, you know, clubs coming from, uh, from, from different parts of the world. We had an opportunity to speak to a, to a colleague from, from Germany. And, you know, it's, it's amazing just uh, doing a little bit of background and, and, and looking into the whole fleet would set up. Uh you guys have a great thing going on and we look forward uh to, to having you uh here back in, in, in Toronto, James. Uh when whenever you do, I will definitely pop by to uh to the camp. Uh, but you're also welcome into uh at institute uh anytime. You know, we have a a, a good a good amount of players that we think would be a you know a good fit, you know, and uh for us being a, a high school program, a program that works from players between uh Grade 9 and, and, and grade 12 and, and stay very clear within that that those parameters uh, we're, we're always looking, you know, for avenues uh, for, for our players to continue at, at, at the next level. Yeah, and I would be so, super excited to get back
3: over with uh, you guys. Um, same with the coaches. Um, you know, we, we love coming over and we love working with you guys. So cheers.
0: Thanks. Guys, again, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, Coach James, I hope your, your your family is well and safe uh, during this time. And uh, we look forward to catching up some more here on this side of the pond. Thanks, yes, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Have a good one, James.
0: You too, guys. Take care.
2: We'll talk soon.
1: See
5: you. See you. Bye. All right.